Good afternoon, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a couple of farmers and find out how harvest is coming along. Also, we'll be joined by the chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Up first in today's country comment, Manitoba Canola Growers Executive Director Delaney Ross Burtnack will join us to talk about their investment into a research facility at the University of Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba Canola Growers Association has committed half a million dollars to support the construction of the Prairie Crops and Soils Research Facility at the University of Manitoba. Here's Canola Growers Executive Director Delaney Ross Burtnack. We're really excited to be uh, supporting the University of Manitoba and expanding their research capacity. Um, this Prairie Soils and uh, Crops and Soils Research Facility is uh, going to be a tremendous update in terms of their capacity, in terms of their volume, uh, in terms of allowing them to uh, work with new technology, um, biosecurity uh, requirements that um, are, are really going to ensure that uh, the research that we're investing in on behalf of canola growers um, can be hosted at uh, top-notch facilities to, to make sure that that research is um, is truly excellent. Just expand a little bit on, I guess, your your relationship with the U of M currently, and and what this new facility will mean uh, going forward. Yeah, we uh, we're currently funding twelve projects uh, through various uh, means of funding research. We we have several programs that we support, and uh, each of those projects are uh, opportunities for us to uh, expand the knowledge of. Um, of farmers, it goes in multiple directions from protein work, uh, in introducing canola as uh, a potential protein source uh, from food, to uh, agronomic work, to um, uh, extreme moisture work that we're working in collaboration with other uh, committee, uh, commodity groups to um, help farmers deal with things like this past year, uh, terrible drought, um, as well as years that uh, are just too wet. We're, we're looking to do some research to help canola as well as the other crops in their rotation be more resilient through these um, more challenging years. How far along is, is the center? Are, have they started construction on that? Or? No, as far as I know, they haven't. I, I don't have all the detail, but uh, I think they're looking to, uh, to break ground in a couple of years uh, and it likely uh, open more like 2023-24. I don't know exactly the date, but... Um, they're still fundraising at this point and, uh, and making sure that they've got everything in place to, uh, to get that underway. Sort of switching gears here, um, mm-hmm. overall thoughts on, on the year? I know it was, was tough for many farmers there, but um, you know, for, for canola, what I guess overall thoughts on the year? Yeah, it was certainly a difficult year. Um, a lot of challenges that uh, we're hearing about, although it, you know, it does sound like Manitoba has fared slightly better uh, than uh, some of the prairies there. The recent Stats Canada report um, spoke to an average yield of, I think it was roughly 32 um, bushels per acre, uh, which is certainly lower than the, you know, 41 to even 44 that I think we got up to as a provincial average. But, um, you know, there, there is some hope there that, uh, you know, crops have come in the... Um, you know, harvest seems to have progressed well. I think we're past uh, 90% percent 
harvested for canola in most areas of the province. Sounds like the southwest is a little bit uh, a little bit further behind, but also, you know, they might have slightly better average yields. So let's hope this open fall continues and uh, everyone gets what it, what they can off of their uh, off their crops this year and uh, a little bit of reprieve after a rough year. Anything else to add on the center? No, I just really appreciate the the chance to share with our membership that uh, that we're making this investment and that it is really going to be an opportunity for us to bring real return on that investment through an increased partnership with the University of Manitoba. We've already, through this funding, we've already talked about ways that we can um, do a better job of bringing researchers out to the farm to better understand uh, the reality of what farmers are facing in their uh, in their production. And uh, just hoping that that will continue to build on the, the value and relevance of the research that comes out of this work that we're funding. That was Delaney Ross-Burtnack, Executive Director with the Manitoba Canola Growers Association. The organization has committed half a million dollars to support the construction of the Prairie Crops and Soils Research Facility at the University of Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Manitoba government is investing approximately $1.9 million to support skills training for approximately 350 new and existing employees at Maple Leaf Foods. The money is coming from the Industry Expansion Program. Manitoba is implementing a two-year agreement with Maple Leaf for the creation of approximately 350 new positions. Manufacturing of pre-cooked bacon is growing in North America, and Maple Leaf has a significant existing portfolio in the industry. Currently, the company sources raw material from Brandon and processes it through co-manufacturers in the U.S. As part of the expansion program, the operation will move to Maple Leaf's Lajemodier Boulevard facility in Winnipeg to reduce freight and product costs. In addition, the company will be investing an additional $182 million in the Winnipeg facility to increase production. That expansion is now completed. Raw material will continue to be sourced from Brandon, and the Lajemodier facility will be the secondary processor. Manitoba's contribution to the program will cover costs associated with training and developing the new employees. The Canola Council of Canada is encouraging farmers to get a soil test done this fall. Here's agronomy specialist Warren Ward. Soil sampling is really one of the one of the building blocks or one of the starting points I like to think of, of for our nutrient management. And again, just the, you know, we throw that word for our out there quite a bit, but this is a reminder so that's using the right source of fertilizer at the right rate at the right time, and in the right place. So really, when we're looking at soil testing, we're focusing in on the right rate because we want to know how much is in that soil so that we can combine that with our yield goals, and then we know what the difference is that we'll need to make up for with uh, with fertilizer applications. Canada's canola industry has a goal to see 4R practices used on 90% of canola acres by 2025. And the Manitoba Crop Alliance conducted on-farm research trials this past growing season. Research trial specialist Daryl Rex talked about the wheat and barley trials. Things were, for the trial-wise, for the results, they were a little bit tough, but actually not too bad considering the dry weather that we had. What were some of the um, aspects that you were looking at? We were looking at uh, four main ones. They were seeding rates, different seeding rates, the use of seed treatments, as well as fungicides, as well as uh, PGRs. Any highlights or, or results that came out of that? Or? No, we're just more or less in the middle of summarizing the results right now. So, Research trials were also conducted on corn and sunflowers. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute.
Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, October 5th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. The Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef held its annual general meeting last week. Here's Chair Ann Wasco. We had our AGM last week, another virtual one. We're sure hoping by next year we can back, get back to in-person, but we were able to get lots of our membership uh, across the country uh, uh, on watching our update and uh, listening and giving us feedback. So we were able to report um, continuing to see you know new membership uh, uh, new members come to the CRSB. As you know, we're a membership organization, multi-stakeholder. And we were also able to report um, that our certification program for sustainable beef continues to grow. We saw a 17% growth in volume over the previous year, so we continue to um, uh, see uh, expansion there. And, you know, we also reported uh, our work on setting those uh, beef industry goals in Canada, uh, across all of uh, the different beef groups nationally. And, of course, the CRSB is a member of the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, and the GRSB set some uh, key uh, beef industry sustainability goals as well this past year. So we're involved in that process. It's been a busy year, Corey. It really has. Now, and uh, talk a little bit more about the uh, National Beef Sustainability Assessment. Um, you know, give us an update on that. Okay, good, good point. Uh, when, when CRSB first started uh, back in 2014, one of the first areas of work was what we call our life cycle analysis or that benchmark um, uh, assessment uh, report that you mentioned. We had to be able to say, well, here's where the Canadian beef industry is at in terms of some of those metrics, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, water use, uh, land use, all those different pieces. Well, we're coming up, uh, at that time, we also said we're going to continually do this so we can show where we're moving the needle and, uh, and where we've got some gaps. So we're coming up to that update. And uh, so we're starting in the process because we need to be able to publish it and report it in 2023. So 2022 is going to be a busy year in terms of updating that benchmark analysis work to, to you know, update those numbers and show the world and show Canadians what the Canadian beef industry um, has been able to accomplish in this past uh, number of years. So the first thing up is this producer survey, which we launched at our meeting last week, and it'll really be the base. There'll be all the different faucets of our supply chain that, of course, inform this benchmark work. But the first piece is from producers, obviously. And uh, so there's a survey going out, and um, we're going to, you know, that'll be the base for a lot of the producer numbers that go into this benchmark work. So we're really hoping we can get lots of producers to fill out this report um, it's, or this, this survey, it's, it'll maybe take about 20 to 30 minutes, I understand, and there's prizes. Touch a bit more on the uh, Certified Sustainable Beef Framework. So that's the certification program I mentioned, and we did see, uh, like I say, a 17% growth in volume, so we got up to 5.6 million pounds of uh, certified sustainable beef um, being, being used by our end users to, to make a claim. So that was that was growth, and of course uh, the number of producers across Canada that are that are certified also grew up over 1,300 now. So again, um, looking looking to continue to keep moving that mark as we hear from our end users, you know, retail food service, you know, continuing to hear at that end that uh, those folks are certainly hearing from their customers and consumers, uh, which are our consumers, obviously 
that uh, the demand for the, the attribute of sustainable is certainly growing. Any other highlights from the meeting there, Anne? Or? I think that would be the big one. We also said a new um, a new council was elected at the meeting, so we'll start with some uh, the next couple of years. We'll have a new groups, some, some from the previous council and some new ones, so that's good. And also just a reminder to producers um, to, to look for this. If you, if you go to... Um, Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, crsb.ca. You can find a, um, a copy of that survey. And if you want to get in on, uh, I think, the first 200 ones back at uh, $20 Visa card. That was Ann Wasco, chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is holding an introduction to holistic management Mondays running until November 8th. The online sessions take place from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. The fall 2021 Regen Egg Grazing Tour takes place October 7th from 1.30 to 3.30 at the Nurbaz Brothers Angus at Shelmoth, Manitoba. Topics of discussion include balancing forage to cow resource ratio, temporary fencing systems, and more. Registration is required. Visit mfga.net to register. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings start October 19th. Go to their website for more information. Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. And Keystone Agricultural Producers Fall Advisory Council meeting takes place October 20th via Zoom. That starts at 9 a.m. The deadline to submit resolutions is October 12th. Go to the CAP website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Harvest is wrapping up for many farmers. Brian Parham farms in the Suris area. He chatted with reporter Barry Lamb. Just dibs and dabs. A bit of flax, a bit of canola for us, and then we're done. And how has the harvest season been? How did things come off, and how how are the returns? Uh, We're guessing probably... A good two-thirds of a crop compared to normal. Way way better than expected back in June and July and August. Things turned out actually not that bad. And fall work and what will be happening, uh, how, how much uh, is going to be taking place? What will be happening this fall? With us, unless it rains, very little. We're zero till and... The rain we did get was appreciated, but it's long since disappeared. And we normally don't do a lot of fall work, anyways. On that point, how badly is some precip needed? Uh, you know, heading in, into spring seeding next year. Well, I don't know if we're as bad as we were last year, but it would be appreciated. It gives you a better feeling going into the following year, knowing that there's some moisture in the ground to start a crop. As much as we probably dislike snow. Snow would be a good thing after last year and not having a whole lot. That was Suris area farmer Brian Parham chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Earlier this morning, I caught up with Isaac Fraze, who farms in the Plum Coulee area. We had a very good day yesterday and we wrapped up uh, the soybean harvest. We are done for the year. And how did the uh, soybeans turn out? Although we were from pleasantly surprised at the top end and... Uh, uh, we kind of got what we expected in some other fields, but uh, in general, we did uh, better than we thought. The average would be below 30, above 20, yeah, I would say 27, 28, somewhere in there. And how would that compare to other years? Oh, that's 
Yeah, that's uh, close to 10 bushels an acre less than the average. Do you think the, uh, the, the rains we got later in the season, did that help at all? Or I think so. Uh, to me, at the time, I thought it wouldn't. But looking at what happened now in the end uh, and the way they were trying to hang on, we were actually combining later than we thought because uh, some of the areas stayed quite green and actually uh, filled out little pods and, and almost tried forming new ones. So, yeah, I, I think there was a benefit of the August rains. And what other crops did you have? We had canola and wheat and uh, perennial ryegrass. Overall, how did those uh, turn out? Oh, wheat was half crop. Um, canola was half crop. Ryegrass would be about a third third crop. So, yeah, the wheat, wheat came in somewhere in the 30s, mid-30s. And canola, if I remember correctly, was mid to upper 20s also. As far as uh, field work, uh, what do you have planned for this fall? Shut her down. We're not doing anything. We have we have done some spraying, some desiccating, um, which we weren't planning on, but we're getting no killing frost. So we have sprayed a, a couple of hundred acres or a couple of quarters, I guess. And uh, at this point, this is the shutdown time. If, if, we, if it stays this warm, I guess we'll have to figure out a few other things on a couple of fields. But at this point, it's uh, park everything. Fertilizer in the spring or? We're, we're spring fertilizer, guys, yep. Uh, so uh, it's uh, that part isn't impacting us. It's a matter of trying to figure out what we do with what we do with the current soil tests, which show extremely high. Uh, how much of that do we take at face value, and uh, and uh, what do we do in spring with that? How's the mo- moisture situation? We had some fields for the north while we were combining. We we're doing some digging. It was amazing what was. Uh, Three inches down, two inches down, it was actually moist soil, not hard moist soil. It was moist soil, and that isn't nearly on every field for this house here along the number three, uh, along the fourteen highway. All the fields are very dry. For the north, it's, it's a bit moisture. Did you see some regrowth there on the soybeans, or? Yes, uh, in the soybeans, not as much as in our canola. Our canola on a couple of fields had a bigger uh, was, was hard trying harder to uh, to regrow. So we wound up uh, killing some off, and uh, uh, couldn't even we couldn't combine it until we had desiccated it. So definitely regrowth in the, in the canola and the soybeans, uh, not as much as what I saw some of the edible beans in the area trying to do. Any overall final thoughts on the year? We had a very safe year. It was a good year, very little downtime, and uh, it's uh, it's all good. We're uh, we're going to farm again next year and uh, take this one in stride and go forward. That was Plum Cooley area farmer Isaac Fraze. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Manitoba Crop Alliance conducted on-farm research trials this past growing season. Research trial specialist Daryl Rex talked about the corn and sunflower trials. Basically there we were looking at different plant populations targeting the ideal what the producer would be planting, plus going lower and higher. We're still waiting for the trials to come in off the field on those. So. Research trials were also conducted on wheat and barley. And Canada's canola industry has a goal to see 4R nutrient management practices used on 90% of canola acres by the year 2025. Here's agronomy specialist Warren Ward. One of the steps that's going to help us get there is just to increase our soil testing, which is going to help us. Uh, make sure we're hitting the right rate. You know, without soil testing, we're not, um, you know, we're just guessing with how much is in the soil, how much we need to add to hit that yield target that we have. 
really is an important step of achieving those 90% of, of uh, ACEs having four-hour practices on them. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.